George Kilpatrick, inspiration for the nation, celebrating people we feel good about. A good, good brother is coming to the show today. One of America's favorite psychiatrists, host of We TV's Marriage Bootcamp. He's an author. He's the author of, you know, we first met, he, his first book that I knew of was Little White Wise, The Lies That Tell, That Men Tell and Why, right? That's how we first met. But he's a mm -hmm. dating, mating, and relating expert. And he has been a longtime friend of the program. You see him on all the, all, all the different shows. But brother, you ain't working right now. What's going on? <laughs> Man, we are, we are in the middle of the SAG after strike. And it is insane. It's intense and scary and scary, to be honest. You know, yeah, nobody's, if you're a member of SAG, Nobody's nobody's working. We joined the writer's strike. And so everybody's uh, everybody's on pause right now, man. And it's and it's slow moving in terms of negotiations, if it's moving at all at this point. Yeah. So uh, and so that certainly impacts like you would be. Would you be in production now if the strike wasn't on? Yeah, man, we actually have uh, we were in the middle of shooting the sizzle for a new show and uh, looking to get the greenlit for the next season of marriage boot camp. So yeah, we would be, I would be, I would be working right now. All right. So before we get into the topic of the day, I'm going to get a little personal. So I was yep. telling you that, um, I just had knee surgery. So now mm -hmm. we, we, I'm going to have, I'm, I'm taking advantage of you, brother. Now I'm gonna get a little therapy. <laughs> 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 so you were telling me something before the, for the show. And so I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable and let you tell the audience what you told me, um, yeah. because it's all in the head in some ways. And yeah. I was telling you that ever since, um, this operation I had, uh, I feel like I'm doing some great things in terms of getting, you know, watching what I'm eating and things of that nature. And I'm not seeing the results. And I had a little half of, uh, uh, chocolate chip cookie. I did have that. Uh, and, um, and I had the other half earlier. So combined, it was one cookie, but I didn't eat it all at once. Okay. But you were saying that I have to, there's a, it, it, some of this is mental in some ways. Talk to me. Yeah. A lot of it, most of it's mental, man. Most of the things that happen in our body, it really is. It's a mental thing. So, but weight is an emotional thing. Right. And the way we look, it's it's emotional. So if it's not there, it makes us feel a certain type of way. And we start to have these beliefs about how we look and how we can show up. And then it reinforces our inactivity or our activity levels, you know, one way or the other. So I was, you know, what I shared with you was it's 80% of how you want to look is all tied to what you're putting in your body. Not just exactly what you're putting in, but the times you're putting in. Right. If you're eating anywhere between an hour or two before you're going to bed for the night, you're going to see all those calories tomorrow because you didn't mm -hmm. do anything to burn them off. Right. But if you're eating at six, seven, maybe eight o'clock and you got a few hours to do a few more things before bedtime, then you got a much better shot. So that's just little tea, tiny things like that. You got to do portions. Right. You mentioned you're looking at you watching your portions. So, uh, you know, if you think about what what cultures seem to have a better hold on their weight. Right. Obviously, America, we don't. We're the most obese you know, uh, nation in the world, just as far as obesity and all the things that go along with that. But if you look at some Asian cultures, right, Japanese culture, things like that, Japanese folks have a saying, they're saying, hey, if you're trying to watch your weight, we'll just put down the last forkful. Mm. You know, they eat on smaller plates, 
not the massive platters <laughs> that we eat on. And that last forkful, they're like, if you're mindful and you ask yourself, am I still hungry? Uh, no, you just ate a whole plate of food. They're like, just put down the last forkful. And those, those little things, they got this term called Kaizen. It means small incremental improvements, 1% per day. And that's a forkful per day, right? You said, listen, you're like, hey, you know, ate half of a chocolate chip cookie. And then I had the other half a little bit earlier, right? So here's the thing. We think if we spread these things out, it makes it a little bit different. But do you know the amount of weight you would gain if you ate only one French fry per day for the next 365 days? How much? Any guess? Um, 10 pounds? 22 pounds by the end of the year. One, one French, French fry, fry per day. a day. And so, and let me be clear. Let me Before I go further, this is about me and yeah. my body. This ain't about you right. and your body. And we're not judging you or your body. I'm only talking about what I want to do. Okay. Right. So, right, right. Dr. Ish, because right. I'm sure this is, you know, because we're in about, this is about, you know, people say, but you could the way you, and I am, and I feel good and I try to represent. I also want to tell you another funny thing, right? Uh, and it's funny how we, we have, a, we know what we're going to do on this show today, but we, right. we go, right. where, we go with where it goes, right? We go where it goes. We go where it goes. So um, I there was this there's this thing about the closet, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going shopping, and we tell ourselves that yeah. I am. I'm just going to draw the number. I'm a 32. I ain't a 32, but I'm just saying 32. Wait, yeah, right, 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 right. But you know, you need a 36, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I ain't a 32, and I ain't a 32. But you know what I'm saying? And 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 so when I. I won't buy the size that I'm supposed to buy no. because I ain't supposed to buy that size. Right. Dr. Ish, the other right. day. Right. So I, I tried to be cute the other day. So I go buy these pants and I was like, you know what, bro? Right now, that ain't your size. You need to go ahead on and get those big boy <laughs> pants, put them <laughs> big boy pants on, and, and, and just wait, go wait, were you, were you shopping in the husky section? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no. I'm in, I'm in, you know, extra, you know, I mean, I'm not in the right section. So, so I was like, you know what? Let me go get them pants that yeah. I know going to fit. Right, right. But there's a thing that we won't do that, right? We won't allow right. ourselves to feel. I mean, then I just said, you know what? As long as I'm fly with what I do, I'm right. good. Right. I just know that. For me, I need to dial back because this injury caused, not caused, because of this industry, I don't have the same activity level. Right. And now right. I'm ramping it back up. And this is what I've been right. talking. I was talking to my uh, my nutritionist about this. And so we have a plan. We have a solution. So you know what? And what she told me was not, and this may help somebody. She was like, look, you're an older gentleman. Like I told people, I'm in the fourth quarter of life. And so, well, I, I'm, I'm looking for double overtime, to be honest with you. But anyway, <laughs> she was saying that, especially for men, as you age, and I've, I've read this and even my trainer, we talk about this, you have to build muscle. Because what she was saying to me is, right now, your resting um, metabolic rate has slowed down. And so if you build muscle, particularly, especially as men, you will have you will be able to increase your resting metabolic rate, which will burn more calories 
as you're resting. Now that chocolate chip cookie ain't gonna help, but that's the end of that. Doc, right. we ain't gonna not, do that. It's no not more. gonna help, but it's not gonna help you, but it's also not gonna make you lose the game. Right. So she's she's very right. Uh the more muscle mass we have, the more the more fat we burn, right? right. Um, and so that's good. And obviously, uh, a pound of muscle looks like this. Right. A pound of fat looks like that, right? right. So, so that's also going to help you drop those sizes, right? Uh, so it's going to raise your, your basic metabolic rate, the resting rate. But for men, as we age, that testosterone level falls off a cliff, mm. right? Mm. And so what a lot of guys don't realize is the more muscle tissue you can build, the the better, the higher that testosterone level will will maintain, right? It won't fall all the way off the cliff, and it'll and it'll help you feel like you got your man swag, your young man swag back. So so mm. just and it doesn't take much, right? So you, right. the stuff you used to do at twenty and thirty, you can't do those exercises anymore, but you can do them differently to still to still build that mass and maintain that mass. And 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 thank you for allowing me to to be. I mean, this this is your job, right? This is what you yeah. do, people. Yeah. <laughs> you did, you know. Yeah. You're, as you, as Ricky Ricardo would say, you're a psychiatrist or psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a psychiatrist. So, 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 so your, your, your word. So, as and my therapy session's about to end because he about to raise the clock flag. The he, y'all don't see him, but he. By the way, when he gave that example, he was when he said a uh, the diff, a, a pound of muscle, he basically held up an index finger. And then when he said a uh, pound of fat, he had a fist to show the difference for yeah. those of you who are right. on the radio or on the podcast. So um, last thing I was going to say, your word for your boy for this journey yep. uh, uh, mentally that I'm going to get ready to embark on, your word for the day is? Patience. Mm. I don't Patience. have it. I don't but, have but, but, it. I don't listen, have it. Right? Because our body, we're creatures of habit. Emotional right. habit, routine, physical habit. So think of the things that we've done, that your body has done the most over the course of your life. And now you're changing course, right? Uh, because due, due to age, due to activity level, more sedentary, less active. So your body, the first 90 days, your body's just trying to figure out whether you whether you tell the truth or not. All right, are we really are we really cleaning up the diet that much? Are we really going to do it? And so now, okay, now you're going to get some of those cellular changes in. That's that are going to start to happen. Every 90 days, body recreates itself on a cellular level. Second 90 days, now you're going to start feeling the difference, right? You still hadn't seen any changes yet. Pant right. size, dress size, none of those changes. But then that third quarter, right? Those third, that third 90 days, now your body's getting into the routine and 80% truly is what you're eating and when you're eating it. And now you're going to start to see those differences. And it's really frustrating when you don't see it, especially for women, because if they lose any more than a pound of fat or a pound of, of weight per week, anything faster than that, and it's just going to yo-yo. And they're just going to see it all over the place. And when women start doing it, their weight actually increases. Right. You know now, what I mean? So whole another animal. Now, having said all of that, yep. how do I feel okay in the body that I'm in for both women and men? Because that's the other piece of it, right? Because society tells us that we have to look a certain way, right. uh, you know, and so how do we be, how can, what do you say to people to love who they are right now? Acceptance, power of now. My phrase, my phrase is accept it like you chose it. Because mm -hmm. you did. Okay. Right? You chose, with everything you decided to put in your body, you chose this body, right? You chose it. So you got to, and so 
you got to tell yourself the truth about it, right? Which is, hey, there are some things I want to change. I want to drop some pounds over here. I want to drop a few sizes over here. I want to increase my pecs, my biceps, whatever that is. Those are some things I want to work on. But just because I want to work on it doesn't negate the fact that I get to feel good about who I am today, right? I'm still George Kilpatrick, inspiration for the nation, doing my thing, right? And I can feel, and I, and I can allow myself to grace, to show up and feel good about that, knowing that the human condition says there will always be something else I want to do to improve, right? To evolve my lineage and go for it, right? So we get into this black or white thinking, well, I, well how can I feel good about today? I'm, I'm not going to go outside anymore until I drop a, no, you can do both. <laughs> Two things can be true, right? I can have some stuff I want to improve on and I still get to show up fabulous today and you can look at it like you love it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> right? your boy be walking in like it's all about that, right? Exactly, exactly. We, we, so yeah, so that's just, it's just great. You got to, Imagine, you know what, you know what the trick is that I use, George? Imagine when you're talking to yourself about it, imagine you were talking to your best friend and mm-hmm. they were saying, hey, I'm feeling a little insecure and so frustrated about it. Imagine that that caring, loving, empathetic advice you would give your best friend and then you get, you talk to yourself that exact same way. Wow, that's Dr. Ish Major Brooks. He, you know, psychiatrist doing what he do. And uh, so I invited him on to talk about what we always talk about was relationships. Mm-hmm. But let's say that that first part was the most important relationship. Got it. The relationship with myself. Got it. Say a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, because we have to, the trick to relationships is you have to teach people how to treat you, right? Mm. And with our partners, we got to teach our partners how to love us, right? In every way imaginable, we got to teach them how to listen to us. We got to teach them how to help meet our needs and wants, which means we've got to ask about those needs and wants. It takes guts. Most of us don't do it, myself included. It's hard. So you also, but you're never going to be able to teach anybody else how to love you, how to treat you with respect, how to treat you with integrity and dignity and and consistency, because most of us don't do it with ourselves, right? Think about some of the stuff we do when we make a mistake. Oh, you idiot. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I don't know why I always do that. Why do these things always happen? Right? We go down that negative rabbit hole and we talk to ourselves terrible. So no, teach, right? Talk to yourself as if you loved yourself. What would mm. you say? How much patience would you allow yourself? How much grace, right? You will, how much, you're going to set some boundaries with yourself, but then you're also going to allow yourself to, to draw some lines, you know? I jumped on this thing with you and I just got back from the movies, right? There's like midday matinee. I was like, hey, you know what? Enough work for today. I'm going to actually take myself on a little midday date, right? And I'm going to head over to the movie house and I'm going to check out the latest Mission Impossible because that's something I enjoy doing, right? It's a hobby, an activity I enjoy. And now when it's time to teach my partner about some of those things I enjoy, right? I know what that feels like because I can give it to myself. Now I can show you what I'm gonna need to give from you also, you know? So that's, you've gotta, you've gotta train yourself and then we're gonna train our folks, but it's gotta start with you. I love that. So we, so we start with, so let's start with that. How do we, how we, how we first learn to treat ourselves mm-hmm. and treat ourselves. And you went, did you go to movies by yourself? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it was a solo mission, right? Solo and, missions. And that feels weird for some people right. if they're in a partnership that yeah. you would go on a solo mission. So mm-hmm. did you tell your partner you was going on a solo mission or you just said, I'm just doing it? I'm going, I'm doing it. 
And ain't nobody, you- ain't nobody business. Because here's the thing, right? When we talk about meeting our needs and our wants in a relationship, right? There were two people on this planet who are supposed to meet George Kilpatrick's needs and wants, your mama and your daddy, and their job is done, mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> now it's on you, mm. right? Now it's on you. So that means you've got to identify those things, right? You've got to care enough about yourself to give yourself those things, right? And then, yeah, and we're going to share some of those things with our partner because we want them along for the ride also, but it's not their responsibility. So what I have learned, George, is that when you are able to meet a lot of those needs and wants on your own, it takes a considerable amount of pressure off of your partner because they don't feel like they got to show up and be responsible for making you happy all day long. True that, but also, does it also create an expectation that nobody's going to be good enough for me because I can take care of all the stuff that makes me happy? So who who can actually do anything for me if I'm okay with doing everything by myself? In fact, some I would I'm going to say it right. Isn't it true that some you know some sisters right like I don't need you know like this I don't need uh, <laughs> for those in a, a straight relationship I don't need a man because I could do all of that so right. then right. and that's a vibe you're giving off and that's why you buy yourself so right. I'm, I'm y'all gonna get me after I said that but what I'm saying to you is how do you if you're taking care of yourself and that's a, and we start with that you gotta love yourself first and that means then how do I meet you equally so that we can have a thing that we do together that is going to uh, ha- allow me to, how, how do we make room for each other while we're taking care of ourselves, Doc? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. And we're going we to talk about the, the angry woman thing too. We can definitely get into that because that's a real phenomenon that everybody's dealing with. And a lot of guys are getting more vocal about it, right? Talk to me. Um, but there's, so there's a lot of needs that we can meet on our own, all right? Um, there's a lot of things that we want that we can give ourselves, whether it's financially, emotionally, all those things. And there are also a lot of those that would also be better and magnified if we had somebody to share it with. And that's the part where we gotta be honest with ourselves about it, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do I, I don't drive a lot. Do I really need a car? I, don't know, I can give me a bicycle, probably get to most of the places I need, right? Right. But it's better if I had something better, right? If I had something more. So same thing. Yeah, just because you can meet most of your needs and wants on your own doesn't mean it wouldn't be magnified or better if you had a partner to do it with, right? right. So that's that part is you allowing yourself the grace of vulnerability to say, yes, I'm okay as I am right now. And if I had somebody to love me like I love myself, it would be even better, right? It's what you were mentioning, we were talking off air about going uh, going to the Beyonce concert that Oprah and Gail were at, right? Why do we love sporting events? Why do we go to concerts and things like that together, right? I can watch it on my TV. I go watch, you know, watch them in a room somewhere by myself. <laughs> we do it with other people because it magnifies the experience. Yes, it's a shared, we could talk about it. Right. What did you see? What did you see? How'd you like that? How'd you like that? Right, everybody sees something different. We, I feed off of your energy. Oh man, Joe's excited. Oh yeah, me too, I'm excited too, right? And we, and and it builds, magnifies the experience. Beyonce is Beyonce, she's she's bad no matter what venue you're seeing them with, but with all the people there, with somebody, people or somebody's to share it with, Boom, you just got that magnification now. And my daughter was even saying to me, I 
was enjoying the fact that you, dad, were having fun. Right. You got it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? She's like, exactly. that, that hell, I was hyped because you was hyped, basically. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because no matter, right? This, and it's, it's the human condition, man. No matter how independent we are or have been forced to be, right? It is, it is still better together, right? It just, it just is. Right. And that's just, that's how we were, that's the way the thing was designed, you know? And it doesn't, it doesn't make us weaker any less than, right? To admit that, hey, I'm, I'm cool by myself and I can get it done, right? Some days it's harder, some days not as much, but also I can admit it would be better if I had somebody, right? It doesn't make me less whole or less complete if I don't, but hey, I'm holding out hope that there's somebody well, out there for me. And so just, just to put, put this together, in relationships, and you've probably run into, you will, you do run into this. I, I don't even have to ask you if you run into this. What happens is it's not clear that we are going to have that space to right. do my thing. I'm going to do the girl's trip. I'm doing the boy's trip. Um, and you got to be okay with that going in because what happens is we didn't talk about that for real, for real. And so now you over there and you not you haven't communicated that that that's that that's what i need right 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 and and we don't communicate it up front man you know i devised this thing called a uh a compatibility quiz for the show because we were every every new season we were shot at With how Mar little match boot camp, match boot camp. Yeah, yes yeah. sir every season we're sitting back in the you know in the production room myself the producers just told her and we were shocked and horrified at how little each couple actually knew about each other. You know what I mean? And how little they knew about what the other person needed and wanted. So when we get to this new relationship and it's all buzzy and happy and we got all these chemicals floating around in our brain and we just love, 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 lust, 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 lust. We don't want to talk about the things that we're going to need to sustain it long term because we don't want to scare them away. Right? I don't want to tell them that as much as I enjoy being around them, I'm gonna also need some ish time, you know what I mean? And I'm gonna also need to schedule that time weekly, not monthly, right? And I, we don't wanna set those boundaries because we don't wanna put any distance there. We don't wanna scare them away because it's hard to find that person. And this person might, I might have a live one on the hook, George. So I don't wanna scare this person away. Here's what I would tell you though, right? That's the thing you're thinking. There's nothing you can say that's going to scare your person away because the thing that you're thinking, they're a human as well, and they're thinking it too. They just don't know how to say it. So somebody's got to have the courage to go first and set those boundaries and set those expectations. Now we can have some real grown-up conversations, and now we can really be in this thing because I don't have to be afraid to ask for those things I need more, even if those things and want don't include you. All right, so let let's get into it. As, as we're talking with Doctor Ish Major. America's favorite psychiatrist, host of Marriage Bootcamp on We TV. So I said, Ish, what's, what, what are people talking about? Yeah. So two things. Um, you said the angry woman is mm -hmm. one of them. So let's start with that. Why are women so yeah. angry? Well, uh, <laughs> you have a lot of reason to be, right? <laughs> Depending on, uh, and, and it's not a new thing, right? Um, the, that slogan, uh, men are pigs, men are dogs, that started in the 60s, right? Mm -hmm. Women's lib, that, that started because 
women have traditionally been one of those disenfranchised groups, right? Along with black folks, along with all minorities, right? Women were, women were right in there slugging it out along with the rest of us. And so when you've been overlooked and marginalized for so long, when you finally start to find your voice and come out very angry at first, right? Um, and when things change at such a slow pace as they have here, right? You can get more and more frustrated and more and more angry. And when you look to your other half for support and that other half is coming up short, well, that also makes you angry, but here's what we know about the anger, George. It's not a real emotion, right? There's only four things we're ever going to feel as humans. Happy, sad, scared, surprised. So when I see somebody mad, I immediately want to get to the thing that's beneath it. What's driving your anger? Are you happy about it? Well, no, you're not happy. That's not why you're mad, right? Are you sad about something? Mm. Are you surprised? Are you scared? And it's usually one combination or all three of those things. You mean you mean to tell me I'm really going to end up alone? That makes me kind of sad. And since I can't show vulnerability, it's going to come out as anger. You mean to tell me as much as I've done, I got my degrees, I got my house, I got my car, I got my body together. And you mean to tell me ain't nobody who I want out there trying to want me back? I'm surprised by that. And that scares me. And the longer I go and the older I get without finding that person, well, that scares me because I think I might end up alone. And that makes me sad when I think about it, right? Yeah. So that's so that's where a lot of that's coming from. But if we can't have these vulnerable conversations, we can never get underneath that. And we just, right? And we're just fighting in the streets. Without, you, you got your sword, I got my shield, and we're just going back and forth. Yeah. Okay. So then the other thing you said is a question that you're getting is why are women masculine? And then I have to ask you, what does that even mean? Mm. Well, you already touched on it, right? Anger is a masculine quality. What are some of those qualities and those traits we associate with, with masculinity? Associate, right? right, associate. Right? right, that we associate with masculinity, traditionally, right. that we've been right. taught since we were little to associate with, okay, aggression, right? Being able to make, uh, quote unquote, power moves, which is just a cold word for being a good decision maker, able to make decisions quickly, right? So you got decision making, you got you got aggression, we got those things we traditionally associate with, with power, right? That kind of thing, control, all of these things. So if you think about it, yeah, it makes sense. A lot of women are, are being put in positions willingly and unwillingly to have to do those things. Think about where we've been as a country for the last 40 years, right? War, after every war, you got a whole nother generation of boys who come up with that many less guys in their house. Because all those guys don't come back, right? If you're looking at African-American folks, 70% of our household are raised by who? Women. Single women. Not just women. Single, single women, women. Right? And so if you're the head of a household, what are you doing? You're protecting that household. You're making decisions. You're providing the food, you're providing the electricity, you're providing the utilities, right? It is your job to do all of those things we have traditionally associated with what? Masculinity. And so is that meant to be pejorative or is that meant to be a compliment? Or what is it about that that's turning guys, I'm assuming it's guys, right? What is it about that for guys that, is creating an issue in this interpersonal relationship dating world and what is being done about it? 
So that's a good question. So if you're if you're a heterosexual guy and right relationships run on polarity, even if you've got a same sex relationship, you still got emotional polarity. Somebody's usually a little bit softer in terms of their emotional vulnerability, right? And their caregiving. And then somebody's a little more on the stoic side, a little more on the masculine side, right? So whether it's same sex or heterosexual relationships, you've got to have the difference. You've got to have the polarity. So a lot of guys are coming and saying, hey, you know, I, I want a woman. I want somebody who's feminine and can be vulnerable and can be open. I don't know how to do this emotional thing. I want that. But when I show up, it's almost like I'm talking to another dude because they're hard and I'm hard, and, you know, and they're not vulnerable and I'm not vulnerable. And right. And it seems like they're angry and I'm angry. <laughs> so that, so they really don't know what to do. So that's right. And they're just kind of button heads and the women are like, well, I wouldn't have to be able to do this if I could depend on you to do it. And guys are like, wait, 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 is it my fault that you choosing to do this and that? You know, thing? So nope. but we got to get to the thing that's underlying it, George. And I'm going to drop something on in a second. It's going, you know, that I had to think about, right? Because power hates a vacuum, right? Nothing happens without a commiserate change in the system, right? Everything we're doing is a closed system, right? Think of a car engine, think of your AC, it's a closed system. So if you've got one, two parts of the system and one part of that system is becoming more masculine, then the other part of the system has to be doing what? Becoming more feminine? Got it. And that's what our guys, that's what our brothers don't want to admit to. But that's what's happening. Because if you were able to show up full grown man, she wouldn't have to show up like one for you, right? Through no fault of our own. 70% of the households are run by women. So that means we've got generation after generation after generation of little boys who are looking to women for their approval, for their acceptance. And a woman is defining what their manhood looks like because ain't no man in that house and ain't no consistent positive presence of a man available in their life, right? Boyfriends who come and go do not count. So through no fault of their own, we've got a group of feminized young men because there's just no older men around to teach them what that looks like, right? And the ones who are around, the, way, the places they are getting those images from and, and making those associations with, well, it's not really things that they're going to be able to sustain long term, right? Everybody ain't going to be a drug dealer. Everybody got no, not going to be a basketball player. Everybody's not, right? Some of those things that we see sensationalized and we want to gravitate to, well, you can't really rely on that for your day-to-day -day life. So that's what's happening, right? The, the masculine energy on the women, they're just filling a void that's not there. So it's up to us, you and I, right, who are older men who consider ourselves masculine to be available, right? To be available to some of these young brothers and say, hey, this is, these are some of the, these are some of the ways you can show up as a man. And when you say feminine, you don't even necessarily mean gay. Oh, God, no. Feminine don't have anything to do with gay. Right, some of right. the most manly, because, but, but, but I, 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 I mentioned that because yeah. that's how it's heard. No, yeah, that's how it's heard. We got to get out of that, right? Some of the most hardcore manly men I know are gay. <laughs> right? Because that's that right, that's the personality, that's the dynamic, that's the energy. So yeah, everybody, we've got to we you know, as black folks, we have these very traditional and very old school antiquated ideas of manhood and womanhood that really just aren't serving us anymore. We're just getting left behind when it comes when it comes to that. So we gotta come out of that way of thinking. Yeah, feminine energy, masculine energy. We all I've got I was raised by five girls in the house. Right. And a mom and eight aunts. 
So me and my brother and my dad, yeah, they were there, but we were very much overpowered <laughs> by the estrogen in that house. So I've got a lot of feminine energy in me and I embrace it. It's what makes me good at the, at the job, right? It was, it's what helps me understand relationships and all those things. And I can also embrace the masculine side because I was fortunate enough to have that, to have that model there as well. So we can't, right? Two things can be true. You don't have to be some, you, can ne you never have to be just one thing, right? You can be manly and masculine and also allow yourself to access some of those feminine, more feminine traits when it serves you, when you need it. So going back to what you said, being available to these young brothers who haven't mm -hmm. had that experience, I think of that as really, really tough because they don't know that's what they're looking for and they don't know how to receive that, right? And, and also, it may be the same for young women. Like in my mind, I don't both. It's hard for both because if they're not yeah. used to that energy, it's threatening to them in some way. Sure. Am, am I off the base here or am I close? It's, it's, it's threatening because it makes you scared, right? Nobody wants to do the thing they don't know how to do. Mm. And so, yeah. and it's hard, it's hard to reach out to somebody you don't know or don't know well who's not, who you haven't identified in your mind as a safe person to say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this over here. I wonder, right. I wonder if there's something you could help me with, something you can teach me, something I can learn from, you, you know? Right. Um, so it's, so it's on both sides, right? A closed mouth doesn't get fed. If you never ask, you're never going to receive. Mm -hmm. But also we've got to, you know, people like you and myself, you know, older folks in the community, we've got to raise our hand and say, hey, you know, use me as an example, whether that's, just by being more vocal, right? Being more visible, being more high profile and is what we're doing. So folks so can go out like a beacon and folks say, hey, okay, yeah, I see what George is doing over there. Let me model that. You never have to have a conversation with them, but you have to make yourself visible so that they can model some of that, right? You know, so, so for a lot of the young brothers, it doesn't have to be somebody you know, right? It could be somebody who you admire, somebody who aspire to. Hey, this person is doing what I'm doing and they're, they're showing up in a way that I would like to show up as a man. So let me, let me, let me see their story and see if I can, if there's some things from them I could model, right? But, but you've got to, but you've got to have the first honest conversation with yourself and say, Hey, the, the way I'm doing it, I'm kind of getting by, but it doesn't feel all that great on most days of the week. Talking with Dr. Ish Major here on Inspiration for the Nation, uh, talking about relationship and Man, did he just drop something on us just a minute ago? Uh, <laughs> women, masculine women, woo! Um, I got and, that. and and feminine guys, right? More fem, more feminine ways. Not because they're feminine, not because they're soft, not because they're gay, but they were raised by a woman, and her natural inclination is to be feminine, right? And that's just that's just where we are. If we can't oh, have that conversation, wait. we're never going to be able to get past it. You know who was it? Somebody wrote a book. And I can't, uh, I don't have the reference for it, but that same guy could also, Ooh, am I going somewhere with this? I, I, I what just occurred to me is that, you know, raised by the woman, but, but, but the, he could also grow up to reject that same thing that was nurturing him. When we put that object of our desire on a pedestal, right? When we, put our God on a pedestal and then that God doesn't deliver for us, then we start to hate that God. Mm. 
right. right? So we put, as little boys, the most important woman in our life is mom. Period, end of. That's a natural part of childhood development. It's a natural milestone, right? Little boys are supposed to be like glue to their mamas, right? And then there comes a time like a rocket ship blasting out in the space where the booster separates from the ship, right? And then the other system takes over. So when little boys start to grow out of that, hey, you're going to pull back from mom a little bit. She's going to she's gonna work with you and that male figure in your life to help you do so appropriately. And then you're going to start to gravitate towards that masculine energy if that is where your natural energy lies, right? But a lot of us are doing the stage one, but we don't have anybody to help that separation phase, right? Mm -hmm. in, stage, in stage two. And as, and as boys, we realize that we can't verbalize it. And we're just like, okay, I guess that's the way it was supposed to be. So we start seeing mom differently, but we don't understand what it is we're seeing, right? And we start to say, okay, well, my stuff ain't like everybody else's stuff. And she's done stuff that I don't like. And I, and I don't get to understand this. And I don't think that, I think my life could be better if I had it. And why don't I have it? Well, maybe it's because she couldn't provide it for me. So it's only natural that we start to have those angry feelings there, right? Yeah. And so it's like, we never, it's always, because it always goes back to how the person who's supposed to be giving us care and giving us love helps us feel about ourselves. And that's 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 a much, much deeper conversation, but you're gonna have to start having it if what you want is this grown-up love thing, you know, because you gotta understand why those feel what you gotta understand why it is you feel that way about love, right? Mm. And who helped you feel that way. And then be able to ask those hard questions, George. How do I know they were right? Yeah. How do I know they what how do I know they taught me the truth? Right? Yeah. That was the truth as they know it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, well, Dr. Ish, I got a lot more for you. So let's go. <laughs> I mean, right there. I mean, yeah, that's some heavy. stuff. All right. So let's talk about some couples in the news. Okay. Yeah. Shall we? Let me start with New York City Mayor de Blasio mm -hmm. and his wife, Charlene McRae. They, according to the New York Times, are not planning to divorce, but they said that they will date other people, continue to share their home that they live in Brooklyn, uh, where they've raised their two children now in their 20s, yeah. and that they are going, they're just, they've created, so what about that? Is this unusual for couples to stay married, but do other things and live together in that same, under the same roof. Is this an unusual, is this, are we seeing something here? Has this always been done? Or is this like, geez, it's just these two. And by the way, she was also gay at one time in her life. And now she, you know, she, she, she would say she's on the spectrum. She's just being who she is. Right, right. So George, it is not unusual to people, for people to live together as a couple and present as a couple and identify as a couple to the outside world but have their secret activities within that world, right. it is unusual for people to present and identify as a couple and then openly have those secrets lived out loud, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a whole lot of folks who identify as a couple and they're seeing, they're doing Billy Bob and Sue and Mary <laughs> and Sally, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and are just hiding it. So kudos to de Blasio and his wife for being able to say it out loud and start to normalize these things, right? You don't have to live this facade based on what everybody else expects you to do. You get to set it up how you want within the confines of your relationship with your person. And that's the only thing that matters. And basically Bill and Charlene said the, they realized that 
basically, I'm not into you like that anymore. Right. And so he's like dyed his hair. It's a whole thing. In 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 that way, right? So what we're and so what are so what is it? So people are like, well, why are y'all together? Y'all just friends? What are y'all doing? Well, we've got so many different terms for our person, right? But this is my person, this is my partner, this is my significant other, this is my husband, this is my spouse, this is blah, blah, right? This is my soulmate, this is my twin flame. And we throw them around so casually, we don't even know what those terms mean, right? So maybe they're twin flames. Maybe they're soulmates, right? A soulmate doesn't necessarily mean the person you're having sex with. Right. It just doesn't. Your twin flame is not that person who you're going to burn hot with like, you know, super passionate forever, ever, and amen. No, your twin flame is somebody who's going to come in and out of your life in a romantic way. And when they're there, they're going to challenge you to grow in different ways and you're going to hate their guts for it. But then they're going to come back together and be like, hey, I can appreciate that. So maybe that's what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe they are true twin flames. Maybe they are true soulmates and realize, hey, it doesn't have to be a romantic thing. I love you in a way that I always want you a part of my life because I love that part of my life. And I also want to experience the freedom of exploring some other romantic connections. And if you're cool with that, I'm cool with that, then why can't we do both? And you're saying that you you can you congratulate them because they're only doing what a lot of other people are doing in the dark. Just be open with it. Uh and, with and it. but it's open for you know people gonna judge it. It's not biblically, you know, all of those things, right? You know, you're openly adulterous and you're going to hell. You know, you 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 know that's what focus is. Eh? Do you know what, Judge? We use uh, George. We usually judge people in the places where we feel the most vulnerable. Oh, okay. Right. So for the folks who who immediately have that visceral reaction to it, right? I would love to have a little microscope and have that <laughs> <laughs> and and see and count how many months or years it's been before they've had a meaningful, fulfilling sex life because it's not there. You judge folks where you feel the most weak, and so yeah, kudos. Kudos to Bill and Cheryl for being able to live out loud what most folks are hiding and trying to do in private, right? They're doing it with integrity. I don't want to have to show up and feel less than because I got to feel like I'm cheating and doing something wrong. No, I want you to know about it. I want you to be able to be cool with it and do your thing as well. Now we get, but now we both get to show up with a little something called personal integrity, right? Now I'm, a, now I'm two inches taller, not two inches shorter. Now I can make my life bigger and not try to hide some stuff away in the closet. Right. I get to claim me and love me and do it in a way that works for both of us. It, it doesn't diminish us. It just helps us magnify what we already have. It's like a Beyonce concert, baby. We just go magnify what's there. <laughs> Damn, <man. laughs> it, was, it was it was it was lit and it was magnified. Right. It's major. So a little more couples therapy. So uh, Kiki Palmer and Darius Jackson. Yeah. So Kiki, um, so Jarius Jackson, so Kiki was at the concert. She had a nice out, outfit. She was balling. Usher sang with her and, you know, she was serenaded by Usher in Vegas. And so um, he went on to to uh, Instagram her baby daddy and said, but you a mom, though. And the larger question is, if you're an entertainer or an entertainment, what are the limits? And does it come to communication, what we tolerate versus what we don't? I mean, um, and so there was a lot of things that were said. They were basically saying, you need to take some lessons from Stedman, because Stedman just been out here. <laughs> <laughs> just being Stedman, you, you, need, you need some lessons, brother. So what about, what about that 
uh, uh, struck you as interesting? And what do you say? What did you say about that? Yeah, it's it. I'm always, um, I always go back. Well, first of all, his feelings got hurt, right? Yeah, his feelings got hurt, right? Because she had a, a very uh, a revealing outfit, very provocative, very provocative outfit. Yeah. You got Usher up there, and Usher is who he is, right? Kiki is who she is, and so, so now it's like, what, what about me, right? What about, what about me, right? Because it's never about Kiki. It's not about who Kiki's a performer, right? Usher's a performer. They're performing. They know people are watching, right? That's that's who they are. It's about how the performance helped him feel about who he is and his face in her life and in that relationship. So what he didn't do was tell himself the truth about how he was going to feel about it, right? Right. And it showed up as a secondary emotion, hurt, anger, jealousy, right? right? But what what was he, George? Was he happy, sad, scared, or surprised? Only four things. I think he was scared. He was surprised. First, surprise. he was surprised. Surprise. And shocked that it was like, oh my God, but you're a mom though. Moms don't do this. The image I have of moms in my mind, right? So he and then, was surprised. And then, and and then, then I take you and then I take you back to the Beyonce concert. She's a right. mom too. A right. mom of three, by the way. But go ahead. Right? But in his mind, like that's that's one of his defenses. Well, mom wouldn't do that. So maybe this isn't my person. Maybe maybe I got it wrong. So he was surprised by it. And then it makes him a little scared because everybody's watching it. So now maybe now I'm starting to have some insecure feelings, right? Is that, am I enough for her? And if you're a man or a woman or anywhere in between on this planet earth, and you're going to sit here and tell me you've never asked yourself that in every single relationship you've ever been in, I'm going to call you a liar because mm-hmm. you have just like I have. It's the fear we all have. Am I enough for this person to love me and only me? And in that moment, he had to question that, right? And once he, couldn't come up with the answer fast enough, I'm sure it made him a little bit sad also, oh, right? And, and, and by the way, he was severely clowned in social right. media. Right. So that had to be hard too. We haven't heard from him since. I think he doubled right. down on it, but then we haven't heard from him since. So, and- guess, so guess what they could have done? Guess what they could have done, right? They missed, they skipped a very important conversation about boundaries, right? right? Needs and wants, hey, we're in show business, right? So there are yeah. going to be some things that we do for show, right? That we both agree that are for show, and we got to figure out a way to be cool with that, right? right? So, right? And you can go and you can go down the list. Okay, if I'm at this place without you, can I? Right? I want to wear da 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 da. You cool with that or no? Because it's just for show. It doesn't mean anything. But if we can have this intimate, private conversation where we can be vulnerable about those things, that are going to help me feel less secure in our relationship, right? So we define the boundaries. Now we're not doing the Charlie Murphy habitual line stepping <laughs> right because we had the conversation about boundaries and we agreed what those were and now if they get crossed well i have every right and now i can send a text or a post saying hey we talked about this why are you doing that now that and that's a very different text from but you're a mom though because you're a mom though is like now you're shaming her from being a mom and being sexy, right? You're shaming her femininity. You're shaming her sexuality. You're shaming her popularity. You're trying to make her smaller in some way so that you can feel more secure by showing up with her. No, that is not cool at all. Have the grown up conversation, the hard conversation first, and we never have to have any of that happen. Uh, I would get into Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, but that's another time. That's another time. <laughs> <laughs> no, they well, they actually moved from Florida to to California, um, and there was something there was something about her, and I don't know 
if this was a, a thing or not, where she said that she splits the bills with Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. And, and and did you want to say anything about that? And or you know, you know what I love about about the two of them? Uh it seems like the conversation we were just having that talking about what Kiki and Darius didn't talk about, it seems like they do. Yeah. Right? They have a lot of these conversations between the two of them. So that by the time that information makes it out to us, our their fans, right? Folks who know them and feel like we love them all this time, right? They're able to present a united front because they already had that conversation, right? right. And don't have to show up angry. They don't have to show up scared, sad, or surprised. They get to show up in a loving, happy way and say, no, that this is what works for us. Whether y'all understand it or not, that's on y'all. Yeah, Whether y'all are cool with it or not, that's on y'all, right? Whether y'all get it or not, or want to adopt this principle in your life or not, that's your choice. But for us, this works for our house. Yeah, and, and, basically, and basically for those who missed it, she basically was, people were saying, well, why is she paying half the bills if he makes so much more? And that right. that kind of thing. And, right. and that's, okay, so I need to talk about dating today, Doc. Mm. And um, a couple of things come to mind. So. How do you meet people if you're not into the dating apps, right? How has the dating game changed for people of different generations? And I think this is important because I know people who, uh, uh, I'm talking about women in their 50s, if you will, um, 50s, 60s, let's go with that generation. And when I, (laughs) you know, they wanna meet somebody in the, and if you're in a small town like Syracuse, hard. And then I know people who are in the bigger cities, but they don't do the dating apps. So Dr. Ish, help yes, sir. a single girl have sex <laughs> when she's not into the dating apps and she wanna meet people, but it's she don't know what, where to meet these folk at. Yeah. And, uh, and it's got her own money. Right. Had, knows how to have fun by herself. Right. Yeah. But she would like some male companionship in yeah. this particular case. So yeah. how do you do that if you ain't into the apps? That's a great question. It's a great question. When's the last time I'm a car, I'm a car super freak. So I'm always shopping for a car and, and you know, in some, in some way, form or another. How long ago did you buy your last car? Um, Seven years, six years ago, something like that. Six, seven years ago, did you, how many different dealerships did you go looking to see if they were going to have your I car? I kicked the tires at a few dealerships, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you do any online research at all? Yes. Why? Because that's where you find the cars, the deals. You find the price. You can compare. You can find the, the car history. You can find... Uh, <laughs> more options? Yes. You can tailor you can tailor make it to exactly what you're looking for. In fact, that is how you buy a car today. Oh, oh because it is a massive market out there, right? It's an ocean this big out there of the exact car that you're looking for. Not only the exact car, it's 20 of the exact cars you're looking for. And all you gotta do now is go kick the ties and see if it feels the same in life. So what I would tell the women and the men too, uh, and everybody in between of a certain generation who are not as comfortable, right? Well, if what's your, right, keep your, keep your goal in mind. What is your goal? Your goal is to be in a loving relationship where you can give love and receive love, right? That's the goal. How you get there should be of no consequence. If that's the thing you want, you got to use every tool in your book 
right? And this is a beautiful tool. Yes, there's some different rules. You've got to be more careful about who you meet and when and with how soon before you really let them know some personal information about your life. So we can have that conversation. That's a whole separate thing. But why would you why would you show up and go to the same one or two places every week of your life looking at the same one or two dudes and they looking back at you and they're moving when there's a whole nother world. So don't be afraid to put a profile out there, share a little bit about yourself and see what comes back. Now, if that idea blows your mind and you're like, mm -mm, shutting it down, can't do it. Well, there's some other things you can do, George. All right, before right? you do that, let me ask you this, because I don't know, when you swipe left, does that mean you like the person? Is that how that works? Or is it swipe right? I don't, which way does it go? I think if you swipe, if you're swiping left, uh, you like, or if you're swiping right, you don't, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't remember, yeah. I, it's, it's been a minute, okay. So, so you're telling the people of whatever generation, get on the apps, okay, now. The one they, that, right, one that, one that you feel like suits you, and one you feel, you feel like the folks there are looking for what you're looking for. I mean, and there's, and it is so tribal, right? You can do a, you can do a Christian mingle. You can do a farm boy app. You can do a farm girl app. You can do a city person app. You can be, right? You can do a, a silver foxes day app. Whatever you feel like you're fitting in or whatever it is you're looking for, I would encourage you to open, to be, to be open-minded about it. Now, if you want to do that, well, the other thing that's happening is the world is so crazy out there. A lot of us are just, you know, staying home. Ever since, ever since COVID, everybody never went back out. Right, right. right. Um, and here's what I would tell you. If you are at home, there is a 0% chance that you're going to find your person in your living room. <laughs> they are not there, right? You're not. So if you want to, if you are truly telling yourself the truth about what you want, I want somebody. I want a person. I want my person. I want to find them. You're going to have to get your butt up off that couch, right? You're going to have to fix your face and fix yourself together. And you got to leave your door because that person is out there somewhere looking for you, wondering where you at. So you have got to get outside. You've got to get off your phone, off your device when you're out there, right? No scrolling, no, no, right? None of this. You've got to let the world see your face. Let it see that it's pleasant, that you're approachable, right? And, and that you're open and available to say hi. You can come up and say hi to me. Or I'm looking to say, is it okay for me to come say hi to you? But you've got to do that. And there's no special place you got to go, George. Go where you shop. Go, you're going to meet them at your grocery store. You're going to meet them at your local Target or your Walmart, right? You're going to meet them on your way to or from work, whether you're commuting on the train, in your car. You know, I'm surprised at how few people, when they're in traffic, they never look up and look over to see who's right next to them in that next car over there. That could be your person driving next to you every single day, right? Yes, and you but, think about... So, so will you, wait, let me just clarify, though. But you live in a city where you can do that 24 hours, seven days a week. We got winter here. They ain't gonna work. Right. <laughs> right. And so, you go out you go out in the winter. Well, but I'm saying, winter also. You can't sometimes we where we live, you can't see through the window because it's <laughs> it's zero degrees and freezing. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And if that's the excuse you want to use, I'll let you have it. And then when you get more and more lonely and you come back to me for more tips, then we can have another conversation. <laughs> okay. Because Right. Tell yourself the truth about it. How much how much are you wanting? How much are you willing to put yourself out there? Your person with the dry cleaners, your person could be right where your person could be where you get your milk. You have no idea, but you've got to make yourself available. If you're staying at home, that tells me you're not telling yourself the truth about it. And that's not something you really want, which is cool. But then don't show up 
and complain when you know that you're not doing anything on the back end to help make this thing become a reality and get out there and let the universe help send you a person. I, t- I tell you what people are afraid of. Number one, they're afraid of, of, of people um, who are not truthful. Liars, cheats, stalks, whatever, right? Sure. That, 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 they can't, that what they're going to find is not going to be authentic, what they're looking for, and they don't want to be hurt. You know, a lot of going back to this anger, they don't want to be hurt. And, and so what, what we can't guarantee is that all of the things that you said is not going to be, that, that they're not going to be, that that could mean that they're not going to get hurt. So what about that? Cause that's a real fear for a lot of people. Yeah. That's, and that's get a real fear. Again, either get hurt again or attract the same kind of energy that has caused pain over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that, uh, that's a good point. That's a very real consideration. That's why a lot of us don't, right? That's why a lot of us are just closed off to it because we don't want to be hurt again. We don't want to get disappointed right. again. Even if it's the hurt in the form of a of a disappointment. I put myself out there, thought it was going to work, and then nah, it's not my person either. Right, right. It's frustrating. It's exhausting at some point. But you know, I grew up in the country. We have all these little weird country sayings. One of them is no risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> right? So you can't tell me that you want love and belonging and connection and you're not willing to risk getting hurt. That doesn't make sense, right? There is no billionaire on this planet who shot their shot without a risk of losing their money, Mm -hmm. right? There's not an athlete who steps on a field on a court without the risk of getting hurt and injury. Right. Mm-hmm. That is baked into the fabric of humanity. Right. Everything we do comes with risk. When I turn on the oven, it's a risk. When I turn on my lights, it's a risk. One of the bulbs are going to blow out. Right. This is, But it's a risk we're willing to accept because it gets us the thing that we want. So you've got to be able to understand when people talk about trust in relationships and they're like, well, how do I know I can trust them? How do I know they're going to lie to me? How do I, you can't. You, you can't know. I have no idea what's going on in George's head. George might be lying to me right now. I don't know. Right. He ain't in the mountains. <laughs> Look at that background. <laughs> right? Who knows? Who right. knows? Right? But here's, here's what you got to trust. You got to trust that you have been in difficult situations before and had no idea how you were going to get out of that situation. And you just did. It turned out okay. It didn't kill you. I know it didn't kill you because you're listening to me and George talk right now. So I know you're still here. Right. I know you got enough money for a device. I know you got electricity. Right? Right. And I know, right, so think about those situations that you were in and you had no idea how it was going to work out, no idea how you're going to come through it, but you just did. So now take that trust that you got from there and trust that no matter what this person does, no matter what this person says, they may lie, they may not, they may cheat, they may not, they may really be for me or they may not, but I trust that whatever they do, I trust that I'm going to be okay. Because I've always turned out okay. And this is not going to be any different. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the universe. Wherever you identify there, right? That 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 power is protecting me. Always have, always will. And I trust in that. And I trust in me to be able to come through it, whatever else happens. But I know if I want this love and connection, I got to open myself up to a little bit of risk. But if I told you, George, if I said, listen, if you get out there and you talk to 99 people, 
and you let 99 people tell you no, tell you just go away, not for me, I'm not feeling it. But on the 100th person, I guaranteed you that was going to be the love of your life and change your life forever. Would you talk to the first 99? You would. Of course you would. Because you want to get to that 100th person. You would talk to those 99 this weekend. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, 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 okay. Right? okay. You would but, get them as quickly as possible because you knew that Dr. Is promised me that it was going to be there, right? So now it goes all goes back to that self-love thing, right? Do you love yourself enough to know that who you are deserves the love of your life, right? And if you know that, if you know, George, then you're going to go through those 99. It's going to be like water off a duck's back because it's just you're just trying to get through the numbers and get to your person because you know they're out there because I know that who I am deserves it. You got to have that kind of attitude. You got to be a warrior out there for this thing. You know what I mean? You got to get, get out there. You got to fight for this thing. This is not, love is not for the timid and it is not for the faint of heart, right? You got to open yourself up to some risk and be vulnerable and then trust that it's going to be okay no matter what. Mm. Man. So much here. Look, look, I got, can I just tell you, Doc, I got two more pages of things for you, but that ain't going to happen today. <laughs> I got two more pages, uh, literally two more pages of stuff. That just, that just means I'm going to have to come back. That's all, That's it, means. all it means. Yeah. I, 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 I'll leave you with this because you started this earlier. And how do you tell your partner? So we, we talked about all of this. We started with, just to recap, we started with the most important, well, we started with me and my um, feelings about body and all that. And then we talked we about- started with your free session, just to be clear. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, started with my free session. And then we, 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 we went into the relationship that's most important yeah. with, is yourself. And then we talked about partners, little couples therapy, um, and then we talked about, and, and, and so, and then we ended up here where I'll leave you with this needs, wants, and communications. Yes. How do you tell your partner what you need and want without hurting their feelings? If they first, so the first thing before you tell your partner, tell yourself, which most to. of us don't know what those things are. We okay. just know how we feel when we show up and it's not there. Okay. Right. So the first thing is identify those things that when you have been in your prior relationships uh, when and it has gone south or not ended the way you want, identify what were those things that were missing for you, right? Because that helps you reverse engineer your needs. Well, oh, I do need a little bit of space every now and then. Not a lot, but a little bit. Right. Oh, I do need, right? I would like to be physical this many times a week, right? I do like gifts. I do like, right? Identify those love languages, right? Do you like the words, right? I was, I was digging her, but she just never, she never told me she loved me and never, Give me the words. Do you need, right? Do you need physical touch, right? You need acts of service. Do you need gifts? Do you need, right? Do you need the quality time? Identify those things. Here's a tip. The way you like to give love is usually the way you like to receive it. So when you show up in your relationships, if you're a giver, right? Oh, gifts and surprise gifts and trips and things like that. Well, that's a need and want for you. That's something that you're going to need and want back because that's the way you're trying to give it. So own that, right? Own, own your ish, you know what I mean? 
that's one of those things. If you like to be, if you like in, to be touchy feely with your partner and the person who you were with last time wasn't really into, okay, that's right. That's a need for you, right? You need that. You need to physical, you need to make physical connection and contact. So spend some time analyzing some of the ones that haven't ended how you wanted them to and seeing what was missing. That'll help teach you what those needs and wants are, right? Think about the love languages and the way you like to give it. And now as you own that, you can show up with your new person and say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna just let me let me tell you something, baby girl. I'm gonna just put it right out there for you. Here's what I'm gonna need, right? If you're not touching me, I am never gonna tune in, right? And I'm not talking about sex, I'm talking about holding my hand, right? Where you're gonna touch me, grab my face, put, put your hand on my knee, something, right? But that gets me to tune in. If that's not who you are, then you're probably not my person. And trust that if they're not, then the next person might be right around the corner. And so I will leave you with this, Dr. Ish. Ism, uh-huh. Dr. Isham's. There we go, <laughs> Dr. Isham. You get the love you magnify. You got it. That's a Dr. Isham, it. right? It's the love magnify, right? If you and that's and and the key to that is you've got to have the guts to first give it, right? Okay, right, and trust that if you don't get it back. It doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're not good enough. It doesn't mean who you are isn't enough. It just means that's not your person, right? And then you've got to pivot to the next person. That's all. Because most of us, we would have the love we want, but we hang on to the love that ain't there way too long. Ooh. So back to a couples we talked about, Bill and Shirlene, Bill de Blasio and Shirlene McRae, decided, oh, we ain't doing this no more. No. We're not doing it that way no more. Right. But We're going to evolve it. We're going to evolve our relationship into something that's going to work for both of us because obviously they love who each other are and they want to see each other happy. And what they, the cool thing they did was they gave each other permission to do the thing that makes them happy within the confines of them still being a part of each other's life. Amen. Amen. Dr. Ishmael, <laughs> listen, uh, I got two pages of isms, isms for Dr. Ish, but we'll get that out <laughs> another time. He'll come back, Dr. Ishmajor at Dr. Ishmajor. Uh, that's I'm giving you email. Actually, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to give all your handles, Dr. Ishmajor yep. on Instagram, Twitter, yep. and and Facebook. And and the website also. Go to the website, drishmajor.com. Sign up for my email list. So you can email me directly, like I'm SAG, right? We're on Stripe right now. So you know what I'm doing most of these days? Returning folks emails and answering questions, giving them free advice. So go sign up for that. Email me your question and it, it'll be me, right? The first thing, George, you know how you know how we are, right? You know, you know them emails I get, the emails say, is this really Dr. Ish? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So and I'm like, yes, Y-E-S. What's the question? So email me and you got a really high probability of me emailing you back right now because I got time. Because I'm unemployed. We're not working, so we all strike. Dr. <laughs> Ishmajor.com. And by the way, Doc, I have been peeping your purple shirt that is looking good on you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Hey, brother. I, I try to embody the essence of, of, of Prince whenever I possibly can, man. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that, that yeah, royal, yeah. his royal badness. Actually, you feeling something else today. You feeling rather purple and you feeling rather royal today. All you need is some old gold to feel real good listen, about yourself. Listen, no, 
it's like we said, nobody's all one thing. We got, I, I, I got a little, I got a little dog in me in there somewhere. Ah! <laughs> That's a good one. I love it. I love it. All right. All right. Bow, wow, wow. Yippee. Oh, yo. yeah. Yippee. Yay. There we go. <laughs> That's Dr. Ishmajor. Dr. Ishmajor.com. Sign up for his, his newsletter. You know, Doc, I've been thinking about this. We got to figure this out. We got to do, and with your permission, yep. um, we got to do a Dr. Ish Major live thing and you come on and- Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Answer some questions. So- we'll Just answer some questions straight on. Yeah, let's do yeah, that. I'm down for that. Yeah, let's that make that happen. Yeah. Uh, why are you on strike? So- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So that'll yep. be soon. We'll make that happen soon. Yep, that's a great uh, idea. In fact, y'all want that. Y'all got to let us know that you yeah. want, you want to answer, you want to hear from- Dr. Ishmael Live. We need to, y'all need to either comment on this video yeah. or hit us up at uh, our emails. Uh, mm-hmm. Let us know. Hit we'll us up on happen. social. Yeah, just let us know. Yeah, let's yeah, know. If y'all we, interested in I'm we, down for that. I, I think there's some things that people want to know. And like I said, y'all want to know what the two pages of Dr. Isham, yeah. Ishams I got? <laughs> the Ishisms? Yes. Ishisms. Oh, yeah. I got them. Ishisms. I got two pages of them. Yeah. We'll have to get to those next time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, Dr. Ishmael, always a pleasure. It's a pleasure for the next. Always a pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me.